0: The Psalmist said, tell of the praiseworthy deeds of your God. And the more we tell of what God does, the more God gives us to tell of what he
1: does. This is The Unseen Story, firsthand accounts that reveal God's love and power in the lives of his children. What God has done for our storytellers, he lives to do for you. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. Do you ever feel ordinary, like God can't use you because you're not enough? Listen to what happens when God takes the simple act of love and turns it into something extraordinary as Lonnie shares his story, sharing God's love.
0: My name is Lonnie Riley, <clears throat> and I direct uh, a ministry in southeastern Kentucky called Marizzo Center Ministries, which is a Greek word for distribution. And so that's a large part of what we do is distributing those things that God gives to us. And uh, the Lord has done a tremendous work. Uh, but really, our journey started a number of years ago when the Lord came to me. I've been serving the Lord for 20 years but often I realized that I'd been doing that in the flesh. Um, I went to college, some seminary, and I thought, well, this is the way you're supposed to do it. And uh, the Lord came to me and said, Lonnie, your problem is you've been doing this and I haven't been doing it. Let me show you what I can do. And for three days, the Lord put me on my face on the floor in my office. I couldn't speak to my wife or anyone. And it's, it's at that time that I really believe. Jesus said, except a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it can't bring forth fruit. And I think for the first time in my life, I sensed that God really killed me. And therefore, life came from that. And it's been so real ever since. You know, it's, it's true to me. And that's when God began to open up his revelation in my heart of how simply he works, but how profoundly the impact is. And so I began to let God do that. And the performance was now off the table for me. And God said to me, you just have an audience of one, and that's me. And so the rest of my life is spent in that regard. So I had to yield, totally surrender all of my life to him. Sink or swim, live or die, I'm yours. And so the Lord began to... uh, take the word of God and and the simplicity of the word became so real to me uh, that it changed the way I think, the way I view the world, the way I view God, the way I view other people. Everything changed in that. As an example, uh, in Matthew 16, uh, Peter made the great confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, you said, well, but flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And based upon this revelation of who Jesus is upon this rock, I will build my church. And I'd been trying for 20 years to build his church. And all of a sudden, it became so clear that I was trying to do what God said he would do. So I said, "Okay, Lord, if you want to build a church, then build it however you choose. If you want to use me, great. If not, it's your church. Do whatever you want. And God began to do things like that in my life that was so simple, but I had been using it and preaching it so long that I missed the simplicity of the reality of the power of God. And when I began to focus on God, his love and his person became so real to me that I couldn't do anything but yield more and more and more of my life to him. And so in that process, God began to do great things. And then in 1999, the Lord led us back to Lynch, Kentucky from a very affluent part of Mississippi in a very fluent church. And here in Lynch, there was poverty, illiteracy, uh, hopelessness. And uh, everybody said, you know, you're crazy if are going to a place like that from Mississippi. I was 49 then and uh, no job, no income, but a big God. And we were just beyond any shadow of a doubt. We knew, we never doubted for one time and haven't doubted since that God brought us here. Jesus did not say, I'll come to give you life. He said, I am your life. And so if he can become our life, then we yield to him. He actually does what he says he will do. And um, <clears throat> if you look in Matthew six, um, take no thought for what you shall eat. Why don't you consider the sparrow? They don't sow nor do they reap, but God feeds them. Doesn't God love you more than the sparrow? And likewise, Take no thought of what you should wear. Why don't you consider the lily of the field? I tell you, Solomon, all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. But doesn't God love you more than the flower of the field? And Then he says in Matthew 6, 33, First seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you. And I had to ask the Lord this question. Is that real? Or is that just a story we tell our children and grandchildren about? But it really doesn't affect me. God said, no, it does affect you. And if you believe what I say, I will do what I say. And so we, we believed God would do that. And God began to do it from the very beginning, like this. Uh, when we got to town, the, uh, there were a lot of empty homes, 13 empty homes on one block that we lived on. And so everybody had hedges growing around their yard, and they were unkept. So they were growing out over the sidewalk, and I thought, well, the Lord sent me here to help, so I'll just help people. And so I went to Walmart and bought me a set of hedge clippers, cost $24.99. And I got a 100 foot extension cord and I just went up and down the street trimming hedges. I didn't ask permission. I didn't knock on the door to see if anybody was on. I just, the Lord sent me here. So I'm going to help make the town look better. So we were in the yard one day and this guy comes up and says, uh, I need $75. Uh, my family doesn't have any food I need a part from a car. And, uh, I just got a job. Can't even get to work. And, Here was my response. I said, man, God hasn't given me $75. I don't have it. But if the Lord gives it to me, I'll let you have it. Now, I know he thought, this is some preacher telling me this so he can get rid of me. So I took his name and number. And two days later, my wife was out in the backyard again, working on an old door to fix up the old house. And this lady gets up, uh, pulls up in a Jeep from Ohio. She gets out. She came up to me and she crossed her arms and said, I came to pay my bill. I said, well, ma'am, you don't owe me a bill as I know of. I've never seen you before. She said, aren't you the guy going up and down the street trimming everybody's hedges? I said, yes, ma'am. I'm doing that because God sent me here, not because I need any money. She said, well, all we pay to have my hedges clipped. i the old vacant house, three doors up from you. You did a good job, and I'm going to pay you. So she pulled out a $100 bill and laid it on the door. She said, now, if you don't pick up that $100 bill, it's going to lay there. <laughs> I often tell people, say that to a broke preacher in eastern Kentucky, right? I'm thinking, I'm going down to Western Sism tonight to get me a steak."
1: So as I was uh,
0: talking to my wife, uh, the Lord reminded me. And I said, "Said, Lonnie, you told that boy, if I gave you $75, you'd give it to him. I just gave it to you. Not only did I give that guy $75, I just paid you back your $24.99 hitch clip. all in one shot. So I sat down at the phone, called that unsuspecting young man on the other end. I said, man, I want you to know that God is being good to you today. He said, what do you mean? I said, I told you the other day, if God gave me $75, I'd give it to you. So come on down and pick it up. And you'll know tonight when your family sits down to a nice warm meal for the first time in a long time, and the needs of your family have been met, you'll know that the Lord Jesus has been exceptionally good to you. That's how simply God began to do this. And by the way, we shared with him and he gave his heart to Christ. And so God doing the simple things like that. Now you fast forward to December of 99, uh, wind windshield factor 20 degrees below zero here in the mountains. It's very cold. And um, I go out the back door. Uh, of my home, and there sat two boxes on the back doorstep. I picked up the boxes, took them in the house, yelled at my wife. I said, honey, come and look at this. Somebody left these boxes on our doorstep. She said, what's in the boxes? I said, I don't have a clue. We opened it up, and there were two 15-pound boxes of cookie dough. I thought, what in the world are we going to do with 30 pounds of cookie dough? She said, I guess we're going to bake cookies. (laughs) So unemployment at that time in Lynch was 53%, according to the Appalachian Regional Commission. And so we baked cookies for days, put them on paper plates. And so it was like a Courier Knives moment for us. We walked up and down the streets of Lynch, knocking on every door. And here's what we said We just want you to know that God hasn't forgotten you this Christmas. We don't know if you're going to get anything else for Christmas or not, but the Lord wanted us to come by and tell you that He still loved you. And if, <clears throat> and if you don't get anything else, He wants you to have these Christmas cookies. But it taught us a valuable lesson everything you have. Is just cookie dough. And God gives some to every person. And the moment we get it, we decide one of two things. I'm going to use this for God or I'm going to use this for me. Now, if you decide you're going to use it for you and you can't, you cut off your supply of more cookie dough. And so we just decided whatever we have is God's, and we'll just give it away if He desires for us to give it away. And so that's how it started initially. And all of a sudden, churches started calling us. Now we had no ministry. We hadn't heard a word from God in six months. We were just faithful to do what the Lord had called us to do, to help people so we could share Jesus. That's the two directors, And so uh, these churches started calling, said, we want to come and help you. I said, you would like to help me do what? Well, we want to help you uh, put on roofs, build wheelchair ramps, whatever you need. I said, oh, we need a lot of that here. So come on up and uh, help us out. So I asked my wife to start a little file. And we had a little cardboard box. And we would put in, uh, fix out the information on the church, put it in the cardboard box. And they invited us to speak at some meeting that they were having. I don't know how they even found out about us, but we went. And I told Belinda, I said, take that little box and we'll see how many folks we got coming. Now, this was in uh, spring of 2000. And so we got to figuring that up. And on the way, and there were 600 people coming to help us that the summer of 2000. We only have 800 to 1,000 in the whole town. So then we began to put together the need that the people had with the people who were coming in. And our goal is not to help fix roofs. It's to share Jesus. That's just a tool. You understand? Just a tool we had. The second year, uh, God sent 1,200 people. And the third year, God sent 2,000. We, we have never called a church in 20 years to say, "Will you come and help us. God just somehow knows how to connect those people and they're sharing Christ and their people are coming to know Jesus by the scores churches are growing it was incredible what the lord was doing now if you look at it from an administrative point of view i had to come to the conclusion that some of these people had to have some place to live some place to eat and some place to take a shower hopefully during that week and so we started praying for a mission house so i said lord you're going to have to teach me how to pray, so that I can pray in your will. Because when you pray in the will of God, God will always answer that prayer. And the Lord took me to Matthew seven, and it says, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open to you. But I'd never seen that in the context of prayer. He taught me that prayer is a process, not an activity. And the process is asking, but there's more to the process. We have to look at what we just asked God for. If we don't watch for God to show up and answer, we could have it and not know it. And then the third thing is the knocking. That's the action. When God reveals what he is doing in response to what you ask, then you act on that, and God does it every single time. So I'm saying, okay, I'm going to wait on you. And so the next week, God sent an investor from Georgia. He saw the old hospital in town. It was vacant. Four floors, 89 rooms. And he said, Lonnie, find out who owns that building and I'll buy it for you. Let you use it for 10 years for a dollar a year. You put all your missionaries in there. So I found out that Ark Land Company owned it out of St. Louis, Missouri. And I hooked up the vice president charge of properties with this investor. Three months went by. That investor called me back. Said, Lonnie, that deal fell through. That guy's not going to buy that building. My boss is on to me to get rid of that. And I said, man, don't do that. He said, why not? And I said, because I believe God wants to use that in the mountains for his glory. He said, you really believe that? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, why don't you buy it? That's called putting your faith where your mouth is. I said, okay, I will, how much you want for that? He said, $85,000, can't take anything less. I said, okay, I'll buy it. He said, well, how much money you got? And I said, well, I don't have any money. <laughs> I said, but my Heavenly father is rich and when he gets ready, he'll buy this building for me. And he said, I know you're a man of faith, but the best I can do is hold it for you for 30 days. I said, but just hang on to it. That should be sufficient time for my father to come up with that kind of money. So we don't do fundraisers. If you do, that's fine. We're not anti fundraisers. We just felt like God knows what your need is, He knows where the supply is, and He knows how to put them together. So we let God do that. And all of a sudden, God began to send us in money. A friend of ours passed away and sent us his estate, sent us a check for $5,000. said, do whatever you want to with this. So now I've got to decide is this mine or is this cookie dough? See, it's constant. God's constantly giving you this stuff. And so I told my wife, we didn't expect this, so let's put this back in an account because we know this building's coming up for closing. And so three weeks in the deal, God had given us $25,000. I hadn't asked anybody for a penny. And uh, we were rejoicing. That guy called me back from St. Louis and said, Lonnie, are you ready to close in that building in lunch?" I said, yes, sir, I'm ready when you are. He said, well, today's Tuesday. Next Tuesday will be, be your 30 days. Bring me a cashier's check for 85000 i bring you the deed. We'll just exchange and it'll be yours. I said, okay, I'll be there. He said, how much money you got? I said, I got $25,000. He laughed a little bit and he said, now, you know, you need 85. I said, yes, sir, but I don't need it today. You see, God's never late or early. He's always on time. So I go out of town on Wednesday. My wife calls me on Thursday and said, "Honey, this fellow called today and said he'd been praying for us and the Lord had instructed him to send us down some money. And um, I said, well, tell him, send it on down. Whatever he doesn't send, we'll pray for. It. Day Thursday, got the next Tuesday. No use worry about it. And so I called her back on Friday. I said, honey, he happened to say anything about that money today. She said, yeah, he wired it down today. I said, wired it down? How much did he wire down? She said, $65,000. Now, if you know anything about wired money, it's got to go through this process. And money came available Tuesday at 12 o'clock. And I got it. A cashier's check for eighty-five thousand dollars, handed it to Mr. Irons, and he said, Boy, you sure man of great faith. I said, No, has nothing to do with me. Has everything to do with the Father and you can come to know the Father like I do through his son, the Lord Jesus. And he gave his heart to Christ. He knew that God had done this thing. And uh, now we opened up our retreat center. We had 120 kids come the first time. Didn't even have any furniture in it. It was just a vacant building. We threw down mattresses, they brought sleeping bags. And we saw 10 teenagers give their heart to Jesus first night in this building. And God had already started to use this place. And now it's all been renovated. It's all been fixed up. And we usually in a normal year, we will house 2000 people a year from across the country and around the world um, in our little retreat center. Only God can do things like that, but he does it to extend the kingdom. It's not so I can feel good about myself But all I'm telling you is what God did. I have very little to play in what God does. God does everything. All he does is write it down. I believe him and he does it. And when your love relationship with God is real, God will do things that's extraordinary where you are, even though you're ordinary. God isn't ordinary. And so if God could take a guy like me and do that, then uh, God can do that with anybody who will just release their life to God and say, God, here I am. You you show me. And see, that's the way God does things for us. We don't plan it. We just respond to it. Whatever God gives to us, we respond to it. There are two kinds of planning in the world. There's a strategic plan, and that's where you set a goal, and you have these objectives. And if you meet all these objectives, then your goal should be met, right? But there's a second kind. And That's responsive in nature, and responsive simply means is that which God delivers to you, how will you respond in using that? You don't have to go get it, God will give it to you. And I often ask the question: which one is most prevalent in the scripture? Obviously, it's a response. God, the people of God are constantly responding to that which God puts in front of them. But which one is most prevalent in the church today? It's the strategy how we put this together so we choose as a ministry to live in a responsive nature that our lives could be always responding to the will of god to the purpose of god into the plan of god and not try to devise our own kingdom or build our own kingdom that's not what god's about he's about building his kingdom and uh, the, the psalmist said tell of the praiseworthy deeds of your god and the more we tell of what god does the more god gives us to tell of what he does and so we all i've shared with you is what god's been doing am i not correct and this it's been amazing it's been amazing and i'm very honored that you would even select me to do uh, something like this i've never done it before so I, I figured it had to be god i told my wife a podcast i don't know what that is but uh, see where it goes <laughs> see what god does with that
1: we encourage you to ask holy spirit what he wants to say to you through this story we invite you to partner with us through your god-given resources of time prayer and finances without your sharing these stories don't spread to those who need them without your prayers we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share his stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.